0: Yo and hello everybody, Mike here and welcome to another episode of the Golden Age of Cardboard Podcast. Baseball playoffs are rocking and rolling. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how this all plays out. I, I think the Dodgers win the World Series, but who knows? Another team could surprise you. The Phillies are playing really well. Uh, the Yankees certainly have a possibility. It, it'll just it, I love the playoffs. You just don't know what's going to happen and it's so much fun and but I am a vintage guy. I like old stuff too. Uh, And we're going to talk through a few things with my guest tonight. I do have a guest tonight and we're going to talk about grading. And, And so much has changed even in the last few weeks with grading. And back in April of this year, George Diamond Yard Sports Cards, who's my guest tonight, was also on an episode with me where we talked through... You know, do you do PSA, SGC, another grading company, etc.? What what should you use? And it was a great episode. And here we are six months later, like almost exactly, pretty close to, talking about the same topic again. And and it's because things have changed so drastically. And we're going to take it from a couple different sp- uh, perspectives. And let me bring them on now, and we will start hooting and hollering about this topic, George, or. Oh, 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 sorry. Shameless plug for our friend Scott Ranger Studios, who will probably not watch this episode, but that's all right. Scott's the man. He is. I have something to show you, a couple things to show you and talk about before we get into the whole grading thing. But uh, we are on a podcast, so I'll describe this. Do you you know what these are? These are 2010 Series 1, Tops Baseball. They're the little cereal boxes. Do you do you remember these? They're like they're tiny. I don't even know how many cards are in here. I can't read. But is is that like the the
1: hanger before the hanger?
0: Yeah, kind like, of.
1: Is is that that Bryce Harper's rookie?
0: Twenty ten? No, he was twenty twelve. He twelve. But I don't know. It, I just like the box because Lou Gehrig's on the box. Well, yeah, you got a great Lou Gehrig uh, painting. that I have this awesome. one the Jackie Robinson
1: you can send it over,
0: just send yeah. it out to the, send it out to the Southwest. <laughs> I can give you my address. I thought you'd get a kick and I'm wearing my Jackie Robinson shirt for you today. Very uh, nice. In honor of having you on as a guest. Where do you think, again, I have another topic and I talked about this today on a video that I did over on baseball. But different audience, some overlap. Where does Pujols end up in the echelon of, of, Hall of Famers and baseball greats of all time. Um, I, I think he's an inner circle Hall of Famer. I think he's the greatest player
1: in the post Griffey Bonds like era. Um, I think he's the second greatest first baseman of all time. It's arguable. I mean between him and Fox, and Gehrig, uh, Gehrig being number one. But, you know, when you think about the all-time accomplishments of Pujols as a first baseman, it's far above Fox or Gehrig. Uh, And I played longer and stuff like that. Um, And, you know, the Angels, um, this whole run that he's had with St. Louis has really helped people kind of put to bed his – you know, he was average, above average with the Angels. But he wasn't the same Albert Pools that we saw for the first 10 years. But this has been a real great run with him at the end. I know some of the guys in the community have gone to see him at different games. So I, I think he's – he's. there's no doubt he's an inner circle Hall of Famer and, uh, you know, never tested positive for steroids or anything like that as far as we know. And, uh, you know, just been a, a great – Great player in one of the best markets in California and then in St. Louis, which
0: is one of the best baseball towns there is. Yeah. I uh, have a couple of cool autographs, a little numbered to five. Like I bought this in Missoula earlier this year. And I want to say I paid 300 bucks or something for a numbered to five pool autograph. I felt, yeah, I'll do that. that." That'll (laughs) make everybody
1: take a little trip to Missoula,
0: Montana. Right. I, I just thought he got so he, – look, he was not even close to his former self in, in L.A., uh, but it doesn't – it's funny. Like, if Trout starts doing bad now, you know, for the next five or six years, does that erase the greatness that he was in his first 11? It shouldn't. But yet the hobby is so fickle, and who's the next greatest awesome – up-and-coming thing it's what have you done for me lately not what have you done for me over time and what bothers me
1: i understand why it bothers you i feel like though with trout he has a lot of work to do because he never had the power poohls did um he was more of an all-around player and he never by the time poohls left st louis how many world series did he have two yeah and he had hit three home runs in a
0: World Series game. I mean, he had been on there. that stage. I yeah, was you there were there at that game. That's, That's awesome. One of them hasn't landed yet. It's still tr- being tracked by NASA.
1: Yes, no. I mean, I just think that a Trout, as wonderful as Trout is, you know, it's like it's the Griffey thing, it's the Carew thing, it's the Banks thing. We need to get this guy into the playoffs more often and in big moments where we can really see his greatness. And now. Is is his greatness ascending still? I don't know. I don't. I'm hopeful for him. I think he's fantastic, and he's been a gift to watch him for the last ten years. He will.
0: Did something just break in your house? It sounded like uh, kid, kid, kids. Kids <laughs> are getting cereal. Um, if, if Trout retired tomorrow, he would be in the Hall of Fame. There is zero question of that, in my opinion. Well, I think it's why if you why did would he retire if he just I mean I'm just saying. Yeah. He's gonna hang on. I mean, he's gonna keep playing. I'm just saying, even if he did, it'd, it'd be very much yeah. a Kofax type situation. You know that. I don't know why we're talking about modern players. It's funny, <laughs> this vintage card show, but it. You know, the game goes on, and I love the end of the season. I love. Okay, who won the batting title? Who was this? Who was that? You get another layer, another ring added onto the tree of baseball stats, right? The, the tree just keeps growing rings. And to me, the history that that invokes, the records that are being broken, the milestones that are being hit, it, this was a great year for baseball. I you know? think you well said, by the way, um, I think the same thing. And I, I think that
1: like with Aaron judge, my son was watching Aaron judge and we're all hoping, Oh, he's going to, is he going to hit 62? Is he going to hit 62? But in my mind, the bigger, uh, bigger accomplishment would be if you won the triple crown because if you win the triple crown you're in the hall of fame right there's that's it man i mean like you're in the hall of fame i I look at think if you look at the triple crown winners every one of them is in the hall of fame hitting 62 home runs is great but it's it's not close to winning a triple crown there's been one triple crown winner since 1967
0: yeah and Miguel cabrera is a no doubter hall of famer as well the guy who yeah right
1: yeah i mean cabrera you go back cabrera uh yastrzemski uh mannell frank robinson frank robinson Robinson, you know williams chuck uh, klein chuck klein uh, frankie frisch you know you you just go back it's a who's who like if you put the triple crown team together on a roster they're probably going to beat up most anybody in baseball history
0: (laughs) right anyway yeah no doubt uh yeah it's the 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 present does connect with the past. We we think you're either uh, you like the old stuff or you like the new stuff and you can definitely gravitate towards new or old. But that doesn't mean you ignore either. I think that's to your peril as a fan. Enjoy them both. Combine them in your in your mind. I, I just think there's a way to to bring those two worlds together.
1: Yeah, in American society, in American sports I should say, baseball is the easiest sport to compare eras with i think yeah because you know it's like who was it? like ken Burns talks about like the same you'd see the same guys walking around from the civil war and see guys playing baseball and it might be the same similar game as they played in 1940 and then a similar game that they played in 1970 and a similar game they played today i mean it's different in some ways but you know, you can't really compare football over time. You can't. That's which is why we don't appreciate Johnny Unitas like we should, or Bart Starr. You can't. It's hard to compare basketball over time. It's a different game. But baseball, you know, I, I I'm I feel like I'm like channeling my inner field of dreams, right? But Thank but I mean, you, John, it's Andrew true. Jones. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's true. You know, you can't, and then you can. I mean, we're talking about Judge hitting sixty-two home runs, and the Maris family is there again, and they were there in ninety-eight. And it's just been a great ride this year, man. It's just starting, too. I mean, these divisional series are these, yeah, divisional series, be great. Yeah, it's gonna be great. You know,
0: I was at, at on last Tuesday when Judge was, you know, it hit sitting on 61. There was a day night doubleheader, Yankees Rangers. And I went to mm-hmm. the first game with my son Palmer, and we were sitting there, and every at bat, you know, okay, this is it. Well, in the ninth inning judge was fourth due up and so we go on our way kind of out and get in the left field concourse like okay he's got to bomb it up here but he might you know and let's and but somebody's got to get on and the fans are booing every out the uh i can't even remember the yankees catcher the japanese guy and he got up and he walked on a 3-2 count and the place erupted because judge was next you know their number their number nine guy walks, and we're all, you know, even the Rangers fans are like, yes. And he grounded out on the first pitch. Judge did. <laughs> Three pitches later in the second game, he hits his 60-second home run, which I was not there for. But uh, it, I was watching it live, and I, I didn't I, – I wish I was there, but I wasn't mad I wasn't there. I got to go see him the day he broke the record, kind of. I mean, can you say that with any degree of – of it being important, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, you know,
1: you, you were the one who said, and Don mentioned it. Don's Field of Dreams cards mentioned the fact that he said, "Oh, baseball collector Mike says if you have a chance to see this guy, you should, and you know, just get up and go go to the ball game." And you know, Don lives in Pittsburgh, and they play Pittsburgh a lot. And he went to the ball game with his son, and I don't know which home run it was, but he sent us a video. I think it was six ninety six. Six ninety six. And you know, I I didn't earlier than that. I we didn't go to a ball game here in Arizona. And Pujols hit two home runs. <laughs> uh, so I didn't. I, I lost my badge for, you know,
0: father of the day. Father of the year. But it, take advantage of that. When well, I've said that multiple times on different videos. You know, definitely if Carrera comes back, which he likely will, you know, he won't be the same guy. But go check him out. Go watch him. It'll be worth it. Um, we don't get to see greatness often. Uh, okay. Okay topic of the day Let, let's get back to grading because you know when we did this back in april the grading landscape looked very different than it does opening day opening day indeed what do you think george is different today than it was 6 months ago i think that
1: and i'm okay i'm i'm going to be positive about this What's different is the market is a little different and things are down a little bit, okay. But you know, if you're dealing in modern, you know that acutely. But in vintage, things are down a little bit too. I can't deny that. Uh, the great the, the great cards still maintain. You know, um, I watched a fifty Bowman Jackie Robinson last night go off for exactly what it should have, right? Like a night a PSA four, no effect there. Um, but anyway, so what's different now? Um, what's different now is that. I believe that PSA is starting to write the ship. I think that PSA is starting to uh, not only they lower prices and all of them lowered prices and they're all at this $18 price point for bulk, but PSA has, I mean, they've started to return cards quickly. Uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but um, we've experienced the, the national special, the $18 special. We sent them to them. Now this is from Arizona. We didn't drop them in New Jersey. We've already gotten them back. Got a couple of them back. The rest of them are in grading. So this is starting to to appear like it's going back to the way it was. Now they're not as quick as SGC, and that's another thing too. What's changed? SGC has gotten quicker than they were, um, which is great too. So I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty positive about all of this. I don't. I mean, this is just a few things I'm mentioning. The prices have gone down of getting cards graded. Um, And I'm talking about this from a vintage perspective. So now you're starting to take in the, uh, not only the people that are getting the the Clementes and the Mazes and the errands graded, but the people that want to maybe, you know, I got a really nice looking uh, Don Mossy. I got a really nice looking mini Minoso, you know, know, I got a nice looking card. I want to get graded. They're not blocked out with a $50 price tag anymore. They can start getting those graded too. So I think we're on an uptick here um, for grading. Now is that, why is that we can discuss that but i'm feeling really
0: pretty positive about it i think it's an incredibly positive thing uh ty and i were on an episode yesterday on bench clear here talking about that ty looked at it from a seller's perspective so because he sees that as the market softening like you mentioned i i look at everything through a collector's perspective and so i look at it Great. I can get all those cards that I was priced out of grading because it didn't make any sense at all to grade at 50 bucks or 150 or, you know, all the different. There are always cards that are going to meet those levels that make sense to grade, even at the high prices, even though we don't like it. Now, I the orders I've sent in in the last two weeks, I've sent in three orders, two at the $22 level and one I mailed off today at the $18 level, the new $18 level, all are cards that six months ago when we were talking, I would never think about grading. And, and there's, I'm going to ask you this question because I want, I'll answer it. Secondly, from six months ago, has the question of, okay, why should you grade? Do you think the answer to that has changed in the last six months? why grade at all? Well, I'm going to go
1: along. I'm going to kind of take a long route on this. First of all, um, you had a pet peeve, get a pet peeve uh, video response. You did. I didn't respond to it, but I was working on it. I thought about it a lot.
0: You still have time, by the way. Okay.
1: Well, maybe I'll I'll work on that, you know, in the next couple of days. When is the deadline, by the way? Uh, The 15th. Okay. But one of my pet peeves, uh is that is people's complaints about grading cards. Um I'm not saying like a person like Jake uh Legends ever Die who doesn't grade cards, doesn't like to grade cards, he loves raw cards. There's a whole massive part of our hobby that loves vintage cards. Just they don't want them graded and they don't want to buy graded cards. They don't want to snap out of slabs. But um I feel like you know if you're gonna grade cards, there's it's it's a risk. You know, the whole hobby is a risk. Um, So, you know, grading cards is not for everybody. And 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 you can, you know, you see people get upset about the grades that they get. Oh, why is this happening? You know, it's like, well, you know, look at your cards more closely. Have a friend look at them. Whatever. Talk to somebody with some experience. You know, these things uh, with the grading companies, they're giving you an opinion. They're not saying your card is a four and that's it. It's a four forever. They're telling you that your card is a five, right? That's their opinion on that day. It's just an opinion. It's not a fact. So that's, I think, what people lose. They don't like the grading companies. At the same time, they put all this weight into what they said on that day, what that card was. Now, I know that this card is not an eight, but it might be a four one day and it might be a six another. I don't know, but it's in that range. It's in that range. Anyway, um, so that's kind of one of my pet peeves is like, if you're going to grade cards, understand there's there's good and bad to it, and the, the grading company isn't there to please you and, and make sure your cards are the grade you want them to be. They're there to give you an objective opinion. Um, so you were asking me, Mike, what's what's different now? Or why grade? Like, why, okay, why grade? Right. Um, protect your cards. Protect your cards. They're going to be in UV protection. They're going to be protected. You're not going to bend them up. You know, somebody grabs them, drops them, whatever. I think that that's like the number one thing. You want to protect them and make them uh, fungible, make them movable, make them easily. Um, you know, that's number one, protection. Number two is increase in value. Now, that's way it goes in this whole calculus of how much it costs to grade and what's your card and what's the declared value and all that jazz. But, you know, it does increase the value um, if you're smart about it. If you're the person who says I'm going to grade cards because I just want to grade these cards and you're not into it for the value, that's fine too. Um, That's another thing we have both have, you talked about it, personal cards, personal cards. I don't care what the grade is. This is a four Ernie Banks, 58 all-star. This is a card I had for years. Why grade it? It's my childhood card. I had it when I was a kid. And at that $18 price point, you and I can do that now reasonably, you know, um so that's part of it as well um you know i'm not even going to get into the flipping and the selling that's certainly a reason to grade cards um from a a large segment of our of our you know group but at the same time in the vintage world i'm not talking from that perspective right now protection increase in
0: value or wanting to slab your your childhood cards
1: probably those three
0: three reasons yeah i mean What's funny is my why grade answer hasn't changed in a decade. (laughs) Um, I grade because, and again, I I think I've said this before, but I want to reiterate it. I used to think it was an absolute scam. I was like, why would anybody do this? This seems so stupid. I was that guy. And then when I started buying bigger, big boy cards, right? I was like, whoa, I want to make sure I'm getting something that at least someone else thinks is real, right? Their opinion is that it's a real card. I didn't want to buy a trimmed card, a fake card, an altered card or whatever. Again, it's not that it's perfect. No, no grading company is perfect. But I wanted that assurance of authenticity. I wanted it protected. And I wanted all my cards to kind of have the same look and feel there are plenty of people out there with Frankenstein collections. Our good friend, Don is one of them. He doesn't care what slab it's in. BVG, SGC, PSA. You, you don't care as much either. Um, I'm pretty anal about it. And I, I just am. And what I hate is the, the grade shaming that I feel like people give to people like, oh, because there's so many people that are, it's like the rest of the world, right? You're either a grading guy or you're not. And it feels like if you're not, you know, then you're dumb for grading. If you are, you're dumb for not grading. And and I just think there's a so much middle ground there. I have tons of ungraded cards in my collection. I have tons of graded cards in my collection. I love them all. Uh, but it just, I think we need to just go, look, I, there are reasons to grade. And there are reasons not to grade. Both are valid. And we're, we're talking here today about why you should grade or or why it might make sense for you to grade. And and those are all points you put out, the protection, the consistency. All those things are valid reasons, especially I did that with some childhood cards. I had mantles and stuff. My first mantle I ever got, you know, gosh, probably back in the late 80s, I graded it and it came back a three and I didn't care, you know, and I'm grading cards for set registries that I enjoy doing. You know, I like the set registry and people think it's dumb. I particularly like it. So, uh, I'm grading cards that no one else would grade. Like, why would you grade a 1978, you know, uh, Earl Weaver manager card? (laughs) (laughs) Because 78 is a great set. Well, it's horizontal. It is. But I sent that card in today to grade, you know, it's a 50 cent card, dollar card, uh, I'm spending $18 to grade it. Okay. (laughs) I'm my money, my choice, right? Kind of thing. Um, But you've got both, both major companies, PSA and SPC. We'd still both agree probably even six months later that those are the two main players in the grading world. It's so funny to me how far Beckett grading has declined in the minds of hobbyists over the last five or six years it is shocking to me and i'm friends with dr beckett it's not his company people always ask me why did he you know when i interviewed dr beckett why did he why doesn't he do this with like he doesn't own the company anymore <laughs> but you know he still wants his namesake to do well in the market and it's just not they're pretty irrelevant now i agree uh, the newcomers uh whether it be HGA or tag, or I know a lot of people love CSG. Um, I have no problem with any of them. I just, you know, there's two players really. We're going to talk about PSA and and SGC primarily here on this show because they own a monstrous share of the grading card market. Uh, I mean, it's got to be close to 90% would be my guess between the two.
1: Yeah, and I think that the big players, um, the big players. I mean, the, the, I shouldn't say that the discern the big players and the discerning collectors. Uh, those people choose to buy or grade with one of the three companies, uh, probably more often SGC and PSA than Beckett. And I'm not diminishing Beckett, frankly, but um, those big players. You look at the, look at the other guy, the guys on YouTube. The guys look at you know people that you know, people that you respect on YouTube vintage guys who you respect. You look at their collections and the cards they show off, and typically they're going to be SGC or PSA. Um, and that's because you're not, you know, these guys are are buying cards for the long term. These guys are not buying cards for tomorrow or next month or next year. You know, if 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 Dave Blue Jacket66 is buying a satchel page card, he's going to hold on to it because he's only going to buy one that he thinks is really nice. And he's going to buy one SGC or PSA Slab. And so these cards are in tight hands um, and these, these collectors can, you can learn a. I truma- I mean, we all know this, but you know, if, if you guys are joining us and you, you don't know some of these guys, you need to, you know, enough said cards, blue jacket, 66, you know, I don't want to leave anybody out. New York Yanks fan seven, silver Jackify. These guys know what they're talking about and they, choose certain brands to go with. And is it the fact they're married to those brands? No. It's just the fact that, you know, if you're buying a big card, it just makes more sense to go with somebody you trust um, than, no, no offense. But, I mean, CSG is fine. And they great comic books. You might have some of them in your office right there. I do. Uh, I bought – I took a chance on CSG. I picked up this Willie Mays, and it looked really nice. And I got it, and it's a CSG 4. And there's no way this is better than a PSA three, in my in my experience. I'm making wrong, but so I mean I, I think that you know you, these these big collectors go with this stuff. Does that mean you have to go with it, or I have to go with it, or people watching have to go with it? No, but a lot can be learned from that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think what's something huge that's changed over the last six months mm-hmm. is, is we we touched on price, right? Price to grade a card matters. And it, at least it should, I think. And if you're thinking about grading cards, do you need to think about what it's going to cost you to get it done? And we've seen, I think SGC
1: was the greatest
0: benefactor from the PSA shutdown. Uh, they were able to re-enter the market faster, uh, increase capacity faster, lower turnaround times faster. They have great customer service. I think they are, easily number two. And I I think in a lot of collector's eyes, they are number one. Um, I, I personally kind of, I have some SGC cards. I'm I, I don't like the look of them as much as I like the PSA look, people think the total opposite of that. And that's okay. But I think they were the greatest benefactor from the from the PSA shutdown. PSA is obviously, I think this lowering of prices is showing us that they are caught up. They are ready to completely utilize their full capacity for cards coming in the door now. And they want to keep that flow steady. The greatest way to increase flow of cards is to reduce price. I still think they're making, I don't know what the margins are on grading a card, but it's still, they're making plenty of money, even at $18 on a bulk submission. And I think another thing that gets lost is yeah, it's $18, but you can only send in a card with a max value of 190 declared value of 199. And if it turns out it's a mantle, 1960 tops in a seven, you're going to get upcharged and you're going to get charged what you should have paid. You're not going to get the $18. Uh, I've got some, I try to sneak in cards. Most guys that submit try to sneak cards in at a, at a declared value that they are really pretty confident that it's way above that um but hopefully a little bit above that they'll let it slide that's kind of why i do it
1: can can i jump in here mike yeah sure okay so pet peeve um and i this is one thing that you europe's you kind of upset about but some but upcharging please upcharge me please upcharge me I want to be upcharged. That means I got a good grade. That means that this Willie Mays wasn't a four. It was an eight. Like I want to be upcharged. I know that people don't like that and they complain about it. I want to be upcharged. I, I, you know, I've only been upcharged one time. Upcharge me more. You know, I, I, you know, it's so to me, it's, it's not like, Oh, they said that this card is, is I'm the one who declared that the value being this and, And it's reversed too. If if you declare the value at one ninety nine, and let's and and let's give an example. I mean, there's some gems you get when you submit cards that are uh, cards that are in bulk service, right? You do one ninety nine, and you get a great card, and it gets a high grade, and they don't upcharge you. Well, I mean, but if they clipped it, you only get paid out your declared value. So if, if you try to sneak in a big card, you know if, if I'm if I'm trying to sneak in this card, and they clip it and I put 199 on it, well that's they're going to pay me out because that's what I said it was worth. So there's there's a flip side to this upcharging stuff yeah. that people don't know, and I've had cards damaged uh, before as well. So I mean I, I don't know. I, I think that the, the upcharge idea, please upcharge me. I, I mean I we all try to sneak them in. I, I get it.
0: Um, Well, First of all, I don't like, like, I would rather them say it's this cost to create a card, regardless of the value, pick a number, whatever. And it might be higher than $18. I don't like the tiers. I think that's kind of weird. They're taking on obviously more risk as a company, but again, SGC doesn't really upcharge. You know, well
1: that's that's part of the difference here. Like we talked at the $18 a card for PSA, it's $18 for SGC. The difference is it's $199 declared value presently, and SGC is fifteen hundred dollars declared value. So there's a big difference there, and that really it goes into the calculus of, of of what you grade and who you grade it with, because you know, some people may not want to pay the hundred two hundred dollars PSA and they just like oh, I'll just submit to SGC, it's fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, there so is, the
0: I, I know as a collector, we go, man, card grading price is coming down. I love it. Irregardless of the reasons that that might be happening, I just like the ability to send in more cards that I'm going to kind of put in the dark abyss and stay there forever. I'm thrilled to death about that. You and I both consign cards for other people, and you can tell some stories in a second, but we just got a collection that I, we were going through the cards and going, okay, do we do SGC or do we do PSA? Right. And because now cost is equal, right? $18, $18. We got equal costs. Then you say, well, if it's a, if it's a forever card for me, I'm going to choose PSA. And I'd even pay more because I'm not planning on reselling it. That's not down the road. You know, when I'm old and gray, well, I'm already old and gray, but when I get older and grayer, you know, or I die, or whatever. Julie can do with what she wants with them. The cards that I consign, we were Ty and I were going through them and trying to go, okay, PSA or SGC. And it's funny. Right now, we just sold uh, a fifty-five Clemente SGC three and a half, and it sold for lower than an S a PSA three card. Same card 55 Clemente rookie. And it still has five days to go. And it's already more, it's already more expensive in terms of what it's going to sell for than the three and a half higher grade SGC. So there's no question that there is a difference in the perceived value in the market between SGC, you know, same card, same grade. PSA is going to bring more. And I, I think that comes down to just demand. I think
1: I think you're. I think you're. You're as a general rule, you're correct, especially. But in the lower grades, it depends on the card. It just depends on how the card's centered, how that what the card looks like. You know, I mean, I I did a. um, I'm a big Jackie Robinson collector. Thank you for wearing the Brooklyn Dodgers shirt. You're welcome. But and you guys know that. Um, I have PSA on all my Jackie Robinson stuff except for my rookie card. I picked up a rookie card this last year in an SGC two. I had never seen uh, PSA Beckett or SGC two or two and a half that looked as nice as this card. And it just, it had a little wrinkle in it, but it looked super nice. So, I mean, like there is a, a big difference, I think, in the quality of the cards, the lower you go in the grading scale. In general, does PSA bring more money? Yes. But I think that when you start getting 53 and earlier and you started getting comparably centered, registered cards, I think SGC and PSA are almost like SGC has gained a lot of ground, a lot yes. of respect. <clears throat> I mean, I I had very few SGC cards before two years ago. The only card I bought at the National was an SGC card, a Red Heart Mickey Mantle, because it was dead on and it was awesome. But I mean, like it's you know the, there's a lot of really nice cards in SGC slabs, and that's the difference. In the past, people took their really nice cards and they didn't they didn't send an SGC. They send them to PSA. These days, people it used to be like that's an SGC card. Oh, you that Clemente rookie is off center. That's an SGC card. Now it's not that way anymore. There are a bunch of really nice cards, and, and pre-war there's tons of nice cards in SGC holders. Right. But I, I think it really just depends. But I mean, as a general rule, you're right. But I think when you get really get down, especially in the lower grades, it's it's going to depend on the card. My opinion.
0: Well, the, the point I think you're making that I would love collectors to hear out there if you're listening and you're just that collector mindset. If, you're, if you are, you know, card holder, you know, graded card holder neutral, if you're ambivalent about which holder it's in, you can pick up a just as nice of a card cheaper in an SGC holder than in a PSA holder. Forget about the selling part of it. If you're a buyer and you don't care, Go the SGC route. You're gonna you're gonna buy the same quality of card for a lower price. That's a good thing if you're a collector, right? I think
1: that that's true. Probably mid fifties and up. Okay. I don't think that's true lower down, like lower down the into pre-war and other cards because you're you're talking about rarity. You're looking for the cards that are, you know.
0: Where's your uh, I, rookie? By the way, do you have it close?
1: No, it's in it's the bank. It's at the bank.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at the bank. What I mean, I can't. You got the leaf, right?
1: Yeah, it's a leaf. But like, here's an example. This is a card I picked up at the Arizona State card show. And this is this is this is an SGC five old grade Walter Johnson 1920 um, 27 York Caramels. Uh, this is like enough said cards card. Anyway, uh, that's a big compliment to him because. He's got a fantastic collection. But this card is – this is the highest graded other than a PSA 5 and an SGC 5.5. And it's like, you know, I'm not concerned it's an old holder. I'm not concerned it's SGC. There just aren't that many of them out there. So you have to, you know, you know you got to find the nicest card that you can. And the PSA 5, by the way, is totally off-kilter. So, you know, the, these kinds of things, I think, enter into the minds of – and Rick, Vintage Oddball Cards is kind of – Educated me a lot and John Mangini, but like the idea of like you know, it's it's the card, it's not the holder now. And when you get into mid 50s and up, if you have a, a Tom Siever rookie that's a PSA eight, it's going to command a lot more money than SGC eight. It just is. There's a lot of Tom Siever rookies, a lot of Rod Carew rookies. But you if know.
0: you want to buy one and you don't care, buy the SGC eight because it will probably look as good, especially if it's in a new holder, right? Yeah, that that
1: was your point, and I just kind of went off there, but you're absolutely right. right. You're absolutely right, Mike, yeah. Because, you know, some people play that game where they snap it. Oh, this career rookie at an eight is beautiful. I'm going to snap it, send to PSA, they get an eight. Boy, it's a big crossover. It's a, you know, multiple hundred dollar crossover. But, uh, you know, you're right. You're right. That card might be the same, look the same.
0: Yeah, and I I think in terms of, stringent grading. Overall, I would say they are very similar, right? People can him and haw about an order they got that they don't feel like they were fairly graded or, oh man, that card wouldn't grade this in another company's holder. But by yeah, and large, that's, I think they're pretty consistent.
1: Yeah. And on my experience has been, I thought for a long, long time that PSA is just more strict. I mean, like I had a, yeah, but did some experiments. You know, a couple of Gaudi, Gaudi, Garinger, SGC3, old school, snapped it, sent it to PSA, got PSA2. Okay, PSA is more strict. PSA is more strict. Recently, with this collection, last year I've been consigning, there are some really crispy cards that could get like PSA 8s. in you know, Power Plus, you know, 63 Tops, Arnie Banks, and Hank Aaron. And st- cards like that, you know, uh, Pride of the NL, Stan Musial, Willie Mays. These yep. cards are 8s. I sent them to SGC seven 7.5 they did not want to give many of the cards eights eight fives they did not want to go there um and these i've created a lot of cards i'm like you know so I, my opinion is yeah sgc on the higher the higher end of things you know the 6.5 seven seven halves eights you and know, sgc is tough and uh anybody who tells you that they're not i they don't know sgc at least in the last three years they're tough
0: so what is your George the way you think about it what's your deciding factor if you're if you have an ungraded card and you want to send it in what's your deciding factor to go I'm going to send this to CGC or I'm going to send this to PSA
1: I'm going to answer you with a question what's the card the card matters whatever the card is the card that's that's going to determine why does that what, matter to you I'm sorry why does that matter to you well, the card itself is is going to. It, well, what's the per, the purpose first of all? What's okay. the purpose of me grading it? Is the purpose for me to have it as a personal card? This is my this is my first Willie, okay. My first Maze card. Like you said, you sending off your first card of a certain player. That's my first Maze card. So if I'm just slabbing it for myself, I'm probably going PSA if it's cheap. I'm probably going PSA. Uh, if I'm doing set registry as a collector, I'm doing PSA. That's something we haven't talked about. We talked about back in April. The set registry is a big deal. And, and, you know, especially for collectors, A, who collect the set registry, and B, who want uniformity in their collection, like you do. So that's dog's back. So, but that uniformity is important, especially for some collectors who really want to have it a certain way. And I totally understand that. Um, So if I'm doing that, I'm getting PSA. Uh, I mean, I would say generally it's, it's PSA. But if I want my cards back quickly and I want to move them um, or I'm already have an affinity to SGC, then it's SGC. But in my opinion, the biggest factor in all of this is SGC speed. Right. I mean, it was the same thing I said back in April. SGC is doing, they said, five to ten business day turnaround. Yeah. I mean, it's that is faster. For for $18, that is fire. Yeah. Like, the at- crazy so that that's you know the, the type of card is going to depend but generally it's psa but um I, I don't know it's you know you have other things too like sgc doesn't do qualifiers you know if you have a card has a little mark on it but you think it's like a seven and it's a man or something or a it's not hank aaron maybe you sense to sgc because i are not going to put that mk designation on it that people tend to you know people see de- designations
0: and they go oh you know, just a few thoughts. My dog's now going, Norman's going nuts because your dog was barking. It got him all excited too. So we got dogs barking and kids yelling and breaking dishes. No, um, the, the joy of recording, right? Um, for me, when we were looking at these cards, like I mentioned earlier in this consignment, the, the desert it's like, okay, some of these we're going to send to SGC because we want to get them back and move them quickly. We don't want to wait even PC cards. I don't care when I get them back, honestly. Like I, I'd like them back sooner rather than later, but it's not the end of the world. But if you're going to move cards, the, the swiftness that SGC grades cards is a, is a valuable thing. But at the same time, you got to look at, to me, mantles there's certain guys that just you know they're going to get a premium in PSA because there are other people out there that collect that register you know that are mantle guys or Nolan Ryan guys or Tom Seaver guys that want that PSA consistency in their collection and they're just going to pay more for that card period paragraph and so to me if you can wait it's it's kind of like okay uh if spread and do research like I tell people all the time like What do you think the card is? And always deduct one point from whatever you think it is, right? If you think it's an eight, it's probably a seven. So price a seven. Don't price an eight because you'll be just set yourself up to be pleasantly surprised instead of massively disappointed and go, okay, what are the sevens? What's the comparable price? And if I'm giving up three months of time to get them back, is that worth it for me or not? Is that delta that might exist between the the two grades, the two companies matter. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. I guess what's important that people hear from both of us is we both have different reasons. Everybody's gonna have their own unique purpose. What's it for, like you said, why am I doing it? All these things, everybody's gonna, we might have some common threads out there in the community. There's only so many reasons you would wanna grade a card, but that combination of reasons for you will push you one way or another. Can
1: can I jump in right here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think
1: that, and this is one thing, this is a pet peeve, but like a big deal is ego. Ego is a big deal with people grading their cards. Um, Again, it's an opinion, it's not a fact. And so people grade cards for all kinds of reasons. You grade your childhood cards, you think, oh, it's a six and it gets a three because you don't really don't know, not you you, but people don't know the scale. like falling in love with your own cards or your own find if you're a consigner is a big problem people like it's like falling in love with your own house well you know my house is so great right and then it's like the neighbor's got a basement and he's got a view fence and he's got a pool and you don't but you love your house because you bought it low in the market and you know people fall in love with their own stuff and it's just this idea of ego and the hobby and i mean there are our, our our we are collectors so we are of a unique breed. There's no doubt. Um, but we also, I think, to be a more well-rounded collector, you have to kind of let go of your ego a little bit and say, "Yeah, you submit cards, and it's like, well, I thought these were sevens, and we all we got fives from PSA. We're never submitting to them again. We're going to submit SGC. No, no. Look closer at your cards. Figure out the game. Right? Like we don't like certain things about the game. Like a lot of people don't like the upcharge game. You know, I get it. But like th- those, the rules are the rules right so just figure it out and do what's in your what, what you want to do for your collection or however you can better your collection so that's just one thing i wanted to say about um you know don't fall in love with your own cards uh, your cards are great and i'm grading this card like i showed you this is my childhood maze I'm, I'm grading it it gets a four i don't care i'm not hurt you know but if you're if i was expecting a 7.5 on this and i took that personally That's not the way the hobby should be approached.
0: Totally agree. I sent in the stuff I sent in again, the stuff I was mentioning that nobody else would grade. I, I genuinely would, would love high grades, but I'm not going to be, they're still going in my collection. No matter what digit is on the flip. I don't So I said, you'd be happy with threes. I I said, I'd be happy with all threes. You you did. You did. And yeah, I'm like, Oh, okay. I, I don't think they'll all get threes. Yeah. But again, I'm at that price point. I'm just wanting to add them to my collection, and they're nice cards. So I'm like, okay, I'll do these. Um, so man, we've covered a lot of topics here and I, I, well, I, got a qu- I
1: got a question for you. Yeah, go regarding this, regarding grading fees and, and, and what's been going on. And, and this is why we're doing this, that the drop and I, you know, how low can it go? Are they going to get lower? Are yes. grading fees going to get lower? Yes.
0: And why? Uh, because they can. Um, I, I think we haven't talked about this on this show a ton, but there are a lot of macroeconomic forces at play that are affecting the card market. Whether you we want to admit it or not or agree with why it's happening or whatever, that doesn't change the fact that it is happening. The market will continue... To soften some, I think. And I think that PSA wants to maximize the capacity that they have. It wouldn't shock me if in, by first of the year, if you hear PSAs laying off graders, you know, laying off people, they may not say specifically graders, but they might not need as many people because the the simple truth is even at $18, there's people out there that that money needs to go towards food and I just got my uh, property tax bill for the ranch. It's double what it was last year. Double. Well, your property went up in value. You should be happy, right?
1: This is this is like somebody who bought. Yeah, this is like grading a card. You know, you grade, let's say you grade a 49 Bowman Jackie Robinson. And you're assuming right. it gets an authentic and it gets a two. And you're like, yay, but I'm not selling it. Right. right? I'm just holding on to it because it's awesome. And why would somebody sell a card like that? Right. right, so you're holding on to the ranch. It keeps going up. I mean, these are first world problems, but at the same no time, you know, it's 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 true. You're right. These ma- these these forces are at play. Um, but the truth is, though, like the higher grade cards are in tight hands. You know, the, the way, but with grading, yeah, like what does what does the the market gonna bear? Uh, I thought I thought that when PSA announced their national special of eighteen dollars a card. Some guys I talked to, longtime time dealers, are like, dude, that's never going to happen again. Submit as much as you can. We have we have like 12 days, like you're on the clock. Okay, I get it. And that's that's totally illegitimate because we had been way up in the stratosphere in grading fees. So I submit my, do my submissions. My buddies do their submissions. We go to the national. Uh, they raise their prices after the national, $22. It seems like a blink of an eye. All of a sudden, they lowered them to $18 again. Were they expect they I think they were expecting this flood of cardboard and they didn't get it.
0: Am I wrong? It's what you're thinking too, Mike. I think you're extremely on point. I don't think the flood of cardboard will continue because I think a lesson learned, and this doesn't really you you gotta remember the creating the card grading world is way more than just vintage, it's everything, every card, every era, and The lesson learned from the post COVID boom and subsequent, you know, decrease I want to say crash in the modern market, not every card, but overall, you could look at the entire market and go, yep, things crashed pretty well, and especially in basketball and some other modern football stuff. Then that made people go, you know what, I'm not going to send in. 38 Wander Franco based cards anymore. I'm not going to send in, uh, you know, just anything like great at all, you know? Well, Mike, um, you, coined, you coined it. You, I mean, I'm
1: not saying you're the first one to come up with this, but I heard you say the other day, the junk slab era. Yeah. And that is so appropriate. You know, you you, you and I are around similar age. I remember Ken Griffey Jr. 89 and it's just all kinds of cards, whether it's all kinds of special sets upper deck, all kinds of stuff flooding the market. Right. And that kind of is, I was already, I was like 17 at the time. So I was like, kind of like, I need to move on and go to college at the same time though. That was like the push to get me out of the cards at that time. And it was like, this is what's going on now. If there's 10,000, now there's probably more Ronald Acuna rookies, graded tens and Juan Soto rookies, graded tens, you know, what's, what's the point of this? This plastic is worthless, you know? And everybody's starting to find a safe haven in the short prints. Anyway, we're not here. We're here to talk about vintage. I don't want to.
0: No, but because of that overall landscape that exists in the hobby world, PSA has to zig and zag and make corporate decisions based on what's going on overall, not in one certain segment of the market. And because of what's happening in the modern market, that's why I think you will see, because they will not get, A flood of cards. They might actually, I think they'll get more vintage now. Set registry guys that are like, yay, finally, you know, like me. There's plenty of guys like me. Well, this is why I agree with you that
1: it's going to go lower. I don't even think it's so much the macroeconomic effects as it is the fact that they need, they're the Ah. ones who created the set registry. The set registry, and we talked about it back in April, they need to keep the set registry up and keep people engaged in it. And it's not just like, oh, this guy's got the best Mickey Mantle registry or, or the 15th best or Hank Aaron or, or some of the big guys. It's like, I'm trying to collect, there's guys out there trying to collect the 63 top set, the 61 top set, the 55 top set, 56. This is going to keep them engaged. You know, these cards are beautiful and, you know, you're trying to. You want to slap them. Like, I mean, if, if I came across, like I told you this story, I came across this binder, and it's like you had a bunch of Gaudis, 33 Gouties, 34 Gouties. You want to slap, well, if generally you want to slap those cards, right? Protect them. And there's set collectors out there. They're looking for this stuff, right? You know, 52 Tops cards. I mean, these cards always sell. t two 52 Tops, 33 gouty. They sell because they're the three most popular sets in the hobby. And... It, it's not worth it to get some of them greater for 50 bucks
0: but it is for 18 dollars and it certainly is for 10. right and uh, i think the floors 10 to 12 dollars is probably where i think that's where they can't make money you know below that i think it starts getting the margin as appealing to them uh and of course fgc is going to follow too and you know they're going to try to keep up you know one one will do it first and the other one will behind and follow I, I think actually SGC will lower first. Yeah my my concern my concern for
1: SGC is and I like SGC is that like what are they gonna do because PSA is the monster. Yeah. PSA is the Andre the giant right they they're they're the ones who are gonna they're gonna dictate it. They're gonna and what SGC has the speed advantage now. They don't have the registry. So they have to do something else to keep their momentum going. I mean, they got a lot of momentum at the national with that beautiful man on a 9.5. So it's like people, and people respect them more. I personally respect them a lot more. Not that that matters what I think, but, but I mean, just like they are, they're
0: improving a lot. Um, At the same time. I I think it does matter what you think because you are an example. It matters what I think, you know, you start adding up enough individuals of what they think and you have, consensus right you have i respect the heck out of sgc and what they do
1: um, oh i do but yeah i didn't think it would be fair of the guy talking about like put your ego aside when you're collecting cards to say that but anyway
0: no no it just means you're you you have an opinion as do every every other person listening or watching this podcast yeah you, you get uh, enough of those people in a room and okay
1: i i just don't know p sgc had such an advantage when we talked in april they had a real advantage in speed. I, I told you that I had gotten door-to-door service thirty days, got a bunch of manuals graded, a bunch of errands. The grades were fair, and they were um, they they were not generous. They were fair. They were basically like PSA grades. And uh, you know, I thought, boy, what's going to happen? What are they going to do? And I thought, you know, when PSA lowered their price to eighteen dollars for the national, I thought SGC would do like thirteen dollars. You know, like like what 100%. what can we? what can we do to try to like compete with this we're going to be faster and cheaper well now they they lowered from 20 whatever dollars to 18 dollars so they're the same as Psa so they're
0: only faster now right i don't know. Yeah, you, you got to have more than one differentiator i think against the giant in the room Psa so i i could see them being the net you know they were second to go to 18 this time. They might be first to go to fifteen, let's say, and it, it'll—it's not going to be like a. I don't think it'll be those smaller dollar jumps, but you know, it's funny, it, it Matt. I mean, I was thinking about the eighty cards I submitted in the last three orders that I've done. Four dollars a card is, you know, a whole bunch more cards that I could have bought. You know, I'm mad. I I kind of regret sending in cards at twenty-two dollars. A week or two ago. Like, oh. Well they
1: will will they I thought they were gonna honor the price and give you eighteen dollars. Just check oh, no. in with them. Okay. Yeah, I think that they're gonna honor the price. Um again, if that's something that they're gonna do, well boy, they're winning people over. PSA used to be really good with customer service. They really did. I mean, I was creating cards in like 05 with them, they were yeah. great, but um check into it, they might be lowering the price. I'm not trying to create a frenzy here on but- the
0: orders that are already there.
1: Yeah. The orders that are already there, the same service, same service level. Um, I think that they were, I thought I saw something that they might honor the $18 price. Wow. Am I I could be wrong. I would check into it. And if, if I, I would still request it, I really would. Cause that's the right business move to do. Isn't it? I mean, worst they can say no, No. right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I just, uh, I, I, I'm just, you know, I, I heard your podcast uh, earlier uh, with Ty and talking about this, but boy, I'm I'm excited, man. I'm excited about this. I don't know if there's a down. The only the only down uh, down element of this is if you love raw cards and you don't want to see them in slabs. I mean, other than that, it's like they they're gonna grade cards and I'm gonna submit cards. Um, yeah. I submitted more than I've submitted in a while. I know you have. So, you know, why not? And we've been getting fair grades. This, this is not like we're getting like crushed or anything. It's fair. You know?
0: Yeah. I think the vintage, a, a vintage collector can look at a car. I can look at a card and in about two minutes, tell you what within a half point, what it's going to grade. Um, and, pretty darn act, not a hundred percent, but I'm pretty darn close. And it's because we know what to look for. You got to learn if you're out there and you've never done that. And you're like, Oh, I don't know. Uh, it, I hate to say this, but send in a few cards that you want graded and with no expectations and then see what they come back and go, all right. So, oh, there is a little bit of a wrinkle there or a crease or a this or that, you know, like, I don't think people realize, any wrinkle on a card is an automatic three PSA like auto three, you're getting a three. And that's part of it, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, it depends on how bad it
0: is. But yeah, you're right. Generally, you I said no know you know. rules, right? And and you got to learn the rules. And sometimes those lessons come with some hard lessons that they're not always pleasant. Lessons. Well, you know, and that's,
1: just, you know, I just don't understand why Again, I, I watched. Okay, I watched the guy at the very first Long Beach show I went to years ago. He rolls up, older gentleman, and he's talking about how great his Kofax rookie is. Oh, this thing's, this thing's. And they're near men all day. I get it. I shouldn't do that voice, right? That diminishes yeah, character. Anyway, so he ends up coming up, and and he plops down at the t- seat next to me, and he's talking about his Kofax rookie and what should I. They're telling him this is the cost, and he, you know, is. Uh, tell him, oh, that's too much, but I, this card's going to grade an eight. I don't know if you know what a Kofax and eight goes for. Even back then, a Kofax and eight went for strong money. Okay. And so he's got it, and they're like, well, you need to put it in this card saver. And he's like, well, what's this card saver? And they're saying, we can help you. They're trying to help him. You know, no, I got it. Nobody's tucking this, touching this Kofax rookie so with we'll eight. And he drops it. And I yeah. watch it go down next to me. I look to my right. It's like slow motion. It's like, you know, from an 80s movie. It's slow motion. And it's all it's all going down on the corner. Right on the corner. And it hits. And it's just like an accordion. It just accordions the corner. What I'm saying, though, is the guy, he didn't understand the rules. He didn't understand his card. And then he ended up paying him. And they were trying to, like, discourage him. But he ended up paying... He just turned that, it really was probably like a PSA five and he just turned it into like a 1.5. But he ended up paying like three, $400 to get the card graded. You know, and, th- and this is what, again, what makes people sour on grading. You know, that's the thing. It's like, it's lack of knowledge. Um, I would love it if everybody understood everything and they could, you know, be happy with the results and whatever, but it's not the way it is. And the grading world is like, the, okay, the grading world is like opening wax packs when we were kids. And I thought about this because I grabbed this card specifically to illustrate this point. And, and which is one thing that the card world needs to do right now is get kids involved more but um, and have cheaper packs so kids can get involved. Because it's not going to be old dudes like you and I who are going to keep the thing going in 2045. Like, um, but anyway, so you do bulk submission. I submitted this card bulk. And it's like this is like opening wax packs. when you're a kid. You're like, you submit 200 cards. And you're like, well, I'm just going to throw these cards in. And you end up getting a little jewel right? You know, Julie, like, Oh my God. Yeah. You know, so I got this Dr. J and it got a PSA nine, mint wow. nine, a 79 Dr. J. There's no PSA tens of this card. There's none of them. And I just had this in my binder as a kid. I didn't like, I just had it in my binder, but I'm saying like that, that's the kind of the, the attraction of grading that we love. is is whether it's SGC, it's PSA, it's Beckett, you submit the cards and you're waiting for the grades to pop and you get excited about the grades. Sometimes you're disappointed. Um, But sometimes you get a little, you get a little jewel, a little Dr. J jewel in there. So, Um, I mean, like, you know, it's, let's call him Dr. Jewel. (laughs) He ruined my basketball game. When I was a kid, I was trying to palm the ball and do a finger roll. And (laughs) my seventh grade coach didn't want me to do that. He wanted me to post up and get rebounds. Well, you're
0: a tall guy. Uh, well, thank you guys for listening, Don. Uh, Don, I'm going to call you Don. George, thank you for – you. I think you're now the record holder of most appearances on this show. So, Well,
1: am I going to be – who's the guy who was on Saturday Night Live the most? Is that like – who is it? Uh, Alec Baldwin, right? Yeah. Or, or who uh, – there's a couple of Panks was on there a lot.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if I
1: could – I mean, hopefully people enjoy this, but yeah. – um you know I appreciate you having me on Mike I really do and and you've always been very supportive of my channel and I, I really appreciate
0: it it's easy I call you a friend and you are uh, and we talk offline and have fun uh, and we'll probably be on another hour after this after I hit in broadcast but for those of you out there please put your comments down below would love to hear from you what your opinions are George may pop in every once in a while after this goes live to to you know respond but uh thanks everybody for watching thanks for listening remember we're just two guys with with two opinions make your own choices love those choices and and buy cards you love so keep collecting we'll talk to you soon